Hello, welcome. It's Hardlore time. How you doing, Bo? So very good. What a very special episode we have for the people today. We really do. The the highly anticipated <laughs> by the hosts of this program, <laughs> long awaited by the fans of the program, we have AEW superstar, the god of the House of Black, Malachi Black. How you doing, brother? Well, that's uh, that's quite some intro, but I would I would uh, I would say that I'm the keeper. The house of black, not, not 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 the like not the god. I think God is the house itself. You know, I don't want to offend the house. So wow. <laughs> we're, we're ten uh, seconds in. We got a there. We, we go. got a clip. You got corrected straight away. <laughs> Gorgeous. How we doing? Good, man. It, uh, it took us a second to get this one rocking and rolling. Um, however, like I watched a few of the ones that you guys did, and uh, I kept going like, "Fuck, I got to plan it in. I got to plan it in." And then obviously this life that you know me, and obviously you know. Uh, Brody King live is a continuous rotating cycle of unanticipated uh, malarkey and a lot of things kind of came in in back and forth and uh, obviously like before we started recording you know I, I briefly touched on like the new house and stuff like that so on top of like being someone uh, that is 24 7 on a standby basis married to a person that is on 24 7 standby basis being in a position where you know a new house is being uh constructed and moving is slowly happening um i um i think i think we uh yeah we we, we missed one good opportunity but i'm glad that we're able to do it today so yeah pretty cool Th thank you so much for taking the time it's good to i met you briefly with brody before we got food and you introduced yourself as naked tom because mm -hmm. you had just gotten back into your room and we're getting ready. So it's good to <laughs> Sexy. formally meet you a little bit. And uh, we appreciate you taking your time. Absolutely. Not a problem. Let's talk shop here because, you know, this is, a, this is a, a touring base. That's the touring and, and music are the heart of the show. But mm -hmm. but we're, we're big wrestling guys as well. Mm -hmm. You're now the the fourth AEW guy we've had on the show. The fourth. Hardcore adjacent AEW. You can make an incredible <laughs> band out of AEW action figures now. So that's, that is that, that is very that is very uh, very true. It's it's very. Fact. True. <laughs> I, I I would like to know what kind what came first for you, music or wrestling? That's a really good question. I mean, the logical answer obviously would be would be music. The logical answer in terms of like cognitive responding to it was music. Um. I first saw wrestling. Now, mind you, I grew up in Amsterdam, the Netherlands, and wrestling was a blimp, if not even less than a blimp, uh, in the societal norms of profession of, of, of life in, in Amsterdam. Uh, but I remember sitting with my dad on the couch, and we had New Japan on TV, mm. which was quite of a blessing because we had a, a channel called Eurosport. And for some people, that might sound familiar, for some people not, but that was more typically, obviously, Eurosport being in Europe uh, broadcasted. And they would have the older WWF, but more predominantly, they had New Japan for a while. So I grew up watching um, New Japan and sitting with my dad on the couch, Interestingly enough, the first thing I did see was a WWF small little clip. My, my dad was flicking channels and he flicked on it and it was something with Yokozuna and the Million Dollar Man. And it just grabbed my attention, but it was three seconds because my dad is not a wrestling fan. So he just mm -hmm. kind of like, my dad likes like, like football and, 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 uh, and, and tennis and stuff like that. But he's flicking through the channel and he sees it and he kind of like, I think he was kind of trying to figure out what it was. And then after he did, he just kind of kept flicking. But for me, those three seconds were like, wait, what's that? And mm -hmm. then... 
the new Japan came, but almost at the same time, uh, my brother was friends with a, uh, a guy named, uh, Bart, which was basically the, uh, the local metalhead. And my brother was always someone who was very much into like more like seventies, eighties type music, but guitar music and stuff. And Bart was very much into Iron Maiden and Metallica mm -hmm. and stuff. Mm -hmm. So he took home this little a track that they recorded from like all the other albums you know how it went you know you put yeah, your microphone yeah. at the, at the, at the <laughs> and then you press play you, the you know, don't way, talk baby. Because, you know what I mean? yeah. so stuff like that yeah yeah and um he he brought that home and i remember the first song uh that i ever heard was running free um by iron maiden and it just i was just something about it where it was like you know you hear that, 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 that you hear yeah, that drum and it just kind of yeah, took yeah. me and then a little guitar comes in and it's just like, it was just something so different for me. And then he always made it a point to tell me, hey, don't look at the album covers. Don't look at the album covers. So then obviously, if you're a kid, what are you going to do? You're going to look at the album covers. So <laughs> I remember seeing Killers, the album cover, and I see Eddie standing in with the, with the, you know, with the knife and stuff like that and the woman. Um, so, it, you know, the, the, the aesthetic of that um, also really spoke to me and it was it was just something different because you know it was very hush hush you know medalist medalist for 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 crazy people and mm -hmm. uh you know it's 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 frowned upon and i was always kind of like more into like um i i think the word extremities is kind of like a, a bit too hyperbole but i was definitely always drawn into things that were not the typical nine-year-old uh, way of thinking. I like the alternative things. I liked the extreme things. I like the different type of aesthetics. I like stuff that was non-mundane and not that there was anything wrong with it. It just, I wasn't drawn to it. Um, You're kidding. So, you? I <laughs> <laughs> gave it away. Um, so based, based on that, so the music and the wrestling kind of, in, in a way came simultaneous, but the music inspired what the wrestling did, if that sure. makes any sense. Whoa. So for me, um, they go hand in hand because I think that's also like, look, you guys are musicians, but you have a keen interest in wrestling. I'm a wrestler. I have a keen interest in music. There's something very coinciding about the baseline of entertainment that thrives in, in, in music and art and professional wrestling. It kind of like there's like this weird connection that we'll always have. And whether that is just the entrance music or the idea that we're touring just like you guys are touring mm -hmm. we create things for an audience that we play to them and the audience responds to it and connects to it see there's like so many little, little things about music and wrestling that kind of coincides and i think that's why musicians are drawn to wrestling and wrestling yeah. wrestlers are drawn to music because i cannot do my road trips without my music i cannot do my 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 max match fixations without music and and i think for you guys Wrestling would be, if I'm not mistaken, a great way for you guys to kind of like, okay, I got to not think about us of music for a while. Let me zone out. Let me get some inspiration. Let me, you know, because I think that aesthetics can also inspire notes, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I think, I think if you see something and you're drawn to it from an art perspective, it gives you an idea. And the same thing it does with me. I see something or I hear something and it makes me go, wait a minute, I can use X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. And I think it's also one of the reasons why I'm always been a bit compulsive about like what I present to the world. And I'm, I'm, I'm hands-on to the point that I have to learn how to not be hands-on because it's starting to piss people off. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think, I think all of us understand, respect and appreciate the dedication that comes with both music and wrestling and any type of art yeah. for us to kind of like really sink our teeth in and having an audience uh, digest it. I mean, the way you just described discovering both things, 
was the same experience for both of them. Mm-hmm. You saw and heard this larger than life thing. Yes. These, these things you don't see every day. And you're like, oh, I'm going to just, I have no choice but to, to follow this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we, we, no, we talk about all the time that there's so many parallels between extreme music is to the rest of music, what wrestling is to the rest of sports. Yeah, mm-hmm. We just said that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's yeah. a real thing. I think it's, it's a great way of looking at it. I agree. It's oh, very like much, we pull the, we pull theatricality from wrestling and put that into our performances and shit. Cause live performances, the music is secondary now, you know, <laughs> the, all the Grammy nominees yesterday. Yeah. Who, I, I, I haven't heard a single one of those records, but I know they got confetti guns, you know? Yeah. They got all the gimmicks. <laughs> I don't want to like jump around too much, I guess, but it, it, since you're you're getting into wrestling and at, at this time and um, in your life, and we mm-hmm. were talking, you were saying that you are very hands on. Mm-hmm. That's something that to me, even as like an outsider, even um, before I knew Brody, mm-hmm. and when I when I knew you from before House of Black stuff, it was like this seems like a guy who mm-hmm. really cares about like creative control and yes. like everything that he's doing and being hands on. <laughs> And, and I, there is a certain parallel with that, with music as well, um, where there are bands who, yeah, I mean, like Kyle, Tell you're a brother. great example of that. I'm know? a sick fuck with that. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I had a, a camo designed just for God's sake. Um, so I, love that. I have that, by the way, I have that. <laughs> <laughs> so where, like, where did that, did that come organically from you? That obsession? Or was that something that was like, oh, I think it'll just work better this way, and you just tried it? No. So this is a bit of a complex answer, and I have to think about formulating it. So the way that I grew up, um, everything for me made sense once I figured it out. And now you say, yeah, that's obvious. But a lot of people will do things and never ask themselves why they're doing it. Why am I working this way? Why am I saying these things? Why am I feeling this way when I say these things? my background is a lot of martial arts. I come from Muay Thai and kickboxing and stuff like that. And obviously you see that back in my style. But in order for me to get where I, I needed to be, I needed to figure out why. Why do I want this style? Why did I do martial arts? And, and, and why, why, why does it work this way? I have to literally unwrap every little fiber of what I do, write it down so I can rebuild it. If you look at my style, for instance, and I'm going to take one thing. If I if I just just a, just a rear body back kick, right? Just a regular kick to the chest. That's like it would be named in pro wrestling. There is a significant difference in me doing it versus any other striker, and the reason is and and, and the difference is this: I can kick you aesthetically so incredibly hard, or make it at least appear to look like I'm beating the everlasting shit out of you but I'm not touching you. Mm. It's because I have broken down every part and ounce of that technique and rebuild it in a way that it makes sense for my body to move this way because what it is that I do is I present violence to an audience. I present a violent style that needs to look realistic, but I have to do it in a way that I do not completely demolish my opponent because at the end of the day, Pro wrestling is what pro wrestling is. That doesn't mean that I come in like a feather, but I have so much control over my body from years and years of doing martial arts and years of years of wrestling, years of years of training and deconstructing my training while being hands-on so that I completely understand what it is that I'm presenting inside the ring within like uh, the physicality that I, that I bring. 
Um, and a lot of strikers that I wrestle or that I've seen, their kicks look great, but it's also because they're really, really laying it in so mm. goddamn thick. And I can see guys coming back with like, oh, yeah, those were those were rough. Whereas with me, the majority of the response is like, how the fuck do you do that? Like, you kicked me square in the head and I didn't feel a thing. You know, and like, doesn't mean that it's never happened that I, you know, because like, I, I'd say out of 100 strikes, maybe one or two will land land because it's still like, you know, you're working a realm where unexpected things uh, happen. But to circle back around to, you know, what your original question is, is because I've had success with deconstructing and being hands on. And it's very difficult for me to let the rope go, especially when I inside like for my every being know what I have to say, do or think or present to the world for it to make sense. And that has more oftentimes not than, um, than is been presented. So a lot of things that may appear from like a rate of like succession um, without sounding super arrogant mm. could have been grander, could have been more polished, could have been, you know what I mean? Sure. Because I also work in a, in a, in a situation with people where I work for someone and that person with every right of their being has a say and has to say, Tom, I want it this way. Okay. You're the boss. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, doesn't mean that I'm always right. Doesn't mean that mm. I'm always right. However, you're always going to care. Yeah. What's that? You're always going to care yes. in a way that because that I, I care what the uh, I care what the audience consumes when seeing me, and I know how to present myself, and I know how to present others. Uh, Brody being a big example of that because I have fought tooth and nail to keep him as non-damaged in appearance as possible mm -hmm. because he's a psychopathic-looking human being that is capable of having a heart of gold, but certainly capable of being an incredibly violent, nasty bastard. And I needed to like pull that out of him in a way that it bordered people going, man, this dude, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what it is with this dude, but everything he does is legit. And it's of course his style. His it is real. That's, that's the thing. Yes, that's the exactly. thing is we can tell you on record. It's real. Yes. hundred percent. Nothing, nothing, nothing. <laughs> what, what Brody does is, is fake. Yeah. And uh, I wanted that to be presented to the world. So certain things he would come to me and say, hey, what do you think if I, you know, do this and this or this and this person? I said, like, well, you know, it would present X, Y, Z. And in the beginning, I think him and me had a little bit more um, back and forth on it. But I think as time progressed, he not only found his own way with how I wanted him to be presented and now knows how to get it on. I feel like once it started really paying off, he started going, okay, no, I see what you're doing. And because he's so talented, he, he, he caught on to it and he realized that instead of like a guy his size hitting someone four or five times, he can give him one good elbow and just tell the guy, hey, stay down. Yeah. Because it, right. it would have more impact than him hitting like a guy his size hitting someone half the size four or five times. You know what I mean? And it's all these kind of like little details. Nuance. That, yeah, it's, it's, it's that because um, you want to keep people protected. You want to keep people nuanced. Like you said, you want to keep people uh, special. And that's what I've always wanted with Nate is for people to look at him as special because uh, I've always been presented as special too. Mm -hmm. And I know how that, how that, uh, you know, that, that, that deconstruction and construction on both ends work. Sure. So, um, you know, he brought the talent, he brought all the potential in the world that I already saw when he first started and he needed a few tweets and, uh, 
And now he is what he is. And I think he's doing an absolutely phenomenal job. And I couldn't have a better attack partner. Yeah. A, yeah, he's a, I mean, damn, a we're there. We're there already. I think we were going to do this chronologically, but man, like it was, it was pretty, it was pretty incredible to watch in in real time within the table group chat. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the kings of the Black Throne slash yeah. House yeah. of Black kind of come together yeah. in real time. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It was it was a fun process, frustrating, but it was also a lot of fun. Um, I just, you know, I I, I like what it is that we do because it's so different and it like it covers a layer of society that a lot of people you know perhaps not actively think about but it is mm-hmm. something that i absolutely think is worth presenting you know kind of looking at the deeper underbelly of like humanity and kind of going like well you know human beings are horrible and you can disagree but we at least embrace it now you need to embrace it and if you like us you'd trust that you also understand that you're a rotten piece of shit and that you're violent <laughs> you're violent by design and that's okay because Absolutely. you can't fight your nature you know and um i think brody fits that so perfectly buddy fits that perfectly julia especially because she's so different from that from what she first was to you know where she's trans- transformed in you know it, it 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 makes in a in the most unexpected ways and because it's so unexpected, it makes the most sense, you know. Oh, uh, people people point. like that arc because it's it's the, the last thing that they would have expected. So it's therefore it's like it's it's one of the coolest things, especially the uh, success rate of it for from that perspective. I mean, and then the, the first thing you you thought of when putting this together was like, okay, I can I can get my friends jobs now, which is pretty <laughs> like not just Nate, yeah. not, but like yep. you uh, you guys had me write your song, and now that's. Now yeah. I got six in the tank, you know, that, and that's <laughs> just because you guys brought me in. Yes, I was about to say, and that's obviously that's 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 a big coercion as well. Obviously, on on the part of um, on, on Nate and stuff as well. Like I can't take full credit on that because that that was a collective. But we were just kind of like, and I remember in like Nate's words, like Nate's going, "I think we should keep it in the family," and I was like, "I 100% agree. I think that's what we should do," and um, I think it's such an organic. Uh, you know, cooperation between you and us uh, that we've created some, well, you created it. I just kind of said, Hey, let's do this. And you, you created me. it. You guided me. But you it know? was uh, funny because um, I think, I think the last theme song that, uh, that you did, the, 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 the um, house of black one, mm-hmm. there's this massive Easter egg. And yeah, you already know exactly what I'm talking about. I do. That I, um, that I, I felt that was such, and, and when I told you that, I was driving in the middle of the night, <laughs> listening and going like, what can we put in there? I was literally just, I got in my car and I started, it was like, like 12, 1230 in the morning. And I was just driving around and I'm going, fuck, what can we put in there? And then all of a sudden I go, wait, that would make, that would make so much sense given the nature of my character and given the nature of what it is that we do. And basically um, I asked Colin, I said, dude, can you, add like a real life exorcism in the beginning of that song and he's like say no more <laughs> i think he, that was verbatim my response yeah yeah 100 <laughs> percent. and um he actually so the beginning of that song is actual audio of an actual exorcism playing through the entire arena and i think it gives such a layer of this like it's just terrifying and obviously now when this comes out people are going to go 
wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> now they're the, going to listen Dude, the it. tens of thousands of people we've subjected to like <laughs> to an exorcism. A, 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 exorcism audio. They're going to be so pleased. Yeah, like actual uh, uh, demonic sounding voices. And um, I think there's a right. In, it's a right, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it, it was. I forget the source of the audio where I found sure. it. It was somebody speaking like perfect Latin. Yeah. Who wow. did not speak Latin. And wow. the, yes, yeah, it's right. awesome. Right? <laughs> it, was, it was terrifying. It's very, um, it's really, really scary. But I just felt that it. Yeah, did. you were like, I just yeah. had to pull over and turn it off. It's too scary. I'll listen to it tomorrow. <laughs> I did. I'm driving in the car again because he sends he sends it to me. And again, like I'm I'm a big midnight guy to the surprise of no one. Um, so again, I start driving around. He sends it to me, and he like he he like I click it on. I just hear that, but it's like, oh god, god, this is fucking terrifying. <laughs> so I'm like, I have to switch it off because it was really fucking scary. So um, yeah, that's kind of how that came to be. But you know, again, to come back to the original thing, I think. Um, sorry, that's my phone. No problem. Um, I I think for something is something that why we do. We need people to understand that side of life, that sign of like humanity, and like you know that again that nitty gritty underbelly where a lot of you guys' music is coming from 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 like you know at the, the 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 deepest darkest crevices of your heart and your mind uh, and your soul that's where it comes from and that's why we have that connection again to circle back to music and that's why we need musicians like you guys to do it because you translate what we feel because we feel what you feel and i think that's what makes mm -hmm. it so unique not to mention colin that you and your brother are in literally every hardcore band in the world i've i've recently figured out there's literally not one band that i've listened to where you did somehow had your had your little fingers involved in it i was listening to uh, i was gonna say harm's way but then i remembered there's one yeah. there's some fingers <laughs> yeah. i'm yeah, finger yeah. harm's way <laughs> exactly there's like there's like it's almost like you can't help yourself like i, I was listening to uh god what was i what was i listening to i want to say it's was it momentum maybe no. I, I mean, my brother recorded that, so that makes sense. Uh, that it might have been. And I'm listening yeah. to it, and I like, I like every once in a while, I'll throw some stuff up on Instagram or like what I'm currently listening. Mm -hmm. And then, and then uh, Brody King texts me. He's like, "Yeah, that band is so fucking dope." And I was like, "Yeah, man." He's like, "Did you know?" And he just starts telling me that <laughs> you, like, either you, like, your brother was involved. And I was like, "Yeah, like that makes sense because he's in every fucking hardcore band in in the world." <laughs> I'm, I'm bored, pretty sure man. that. Like if I if I you know if I talk to the guys from Knock Loose, I go you know at one point we talked to Colin and I was like yeah sure why not <laughs> I think I think somehow you're involved with literally every band in the world that that's I'm the convinced goal. that's a that's the conspiracy that's the, goal. that's the goal I'm like a fungus I'm trying to spread you know um I, fungus, I have a question man. about um and we could get back into music because I want to know how you got into hardcore but real quick while mm -hmm. we're still kind of talking about um what you're you're currently doing. You've always had cool entrances, mm -hmm. which I think is like really important. Yes, for a, any wrestler, especially a wrestler of like dark-sided things. Agreed. Um, when you, I, I was at one of the earlier times where like you had it was the Amon Ra song. Yes, is that who it was? I still have that. Yeah, my singles oh, okay. entrance okay. is my singles entrance okay. is Amon Ra. Yeah, lights go off, and then you you yeah. you know you kind of um transport to the to the mm -hmm. ring when like i'm sure that has been done before in some fast or whatever i don't know every mm -hmm. entrance ever 
did was that you did yes. you you knew you wanted to do that yeah so the idea behind the entrance is a cycle it's the it's the it's the um uh, sun uprise it's from dusk till dawn basically so the idea is that when you first see me the sun rises up behind me and then as i'm progressing it cuts back and then i'm on the turnbuckle so then the sun is at the hot sorry I'm like i'm drinking monster so um <laughs> i'm sitting on the turnbuckle so the sun is at its highest peak and then when i sit in the ring there's moonlight so it's like it's like a cycle of time because the idea behind it is that everything is always a full circle. Everything comes to an end. So as well as that, my entrance starts and finishes. My match will start and finish. The day will fin. You know, it's it's a little bit yeah. of a math. It's just like life. But I like the idea of it being a cycle. Um, you know, to give it to give it some meaning. But that was the idea behind the um, uh, the entrance. And every time we've used red, and I know that we've used red a lot lately. But the the the, the initial part of using the red was to signal change within me, within mm. uh, my moveset, within like the realms, because like red, you know, is the color of blood, DNA, growth, you know, like new life, et cetera. Everything comes from, you know, from, 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 uh, you know, blood is the life to quote uh, uh, Dr Dracula, um, <laughs> you know, so th there's, there's a few things here and there, and there's more that like, I just feel for myself are important to like present to an audience and, not always necessarily having to explain them, but making people go, wow, that's different. Wow, that's yeah. unique. Oh, you know, and there's also a large portion of people that go like, eh, I don't have, I don't fuck with it. I'm like, that's fine. You don't have to. Yeah, you get it, you get it, you don't, you don't. That's fine. This is another one of those things where it's like, like, Colin, I'm sure you've opened up the it's I think it's slow deep and hard, where it's like Peter, uh, axes iron like all like the just like all like the shit druid whatever all the shit is you know and you just yeah. like you're like learning it's like the same kind of thing where it's, it's like it's all lore baby we it's all yeah. lore and that's yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. why this works yeah, yeah exactly yeah there's um a video by a gentleman oh god what's his name i actually started following him on twitter when he made the video and i've talked about this video quite a few times because i was so impressed by it he um made this 20-minute video on the lore of Alistair slash Malachi Black. And for about 80-85%, he was able to decipher everything that I did. Wow. And also, you know, my social media, how I tied in. And all of a sudden, yeah, I posted some stuff that had a reference to Odin to kind of talk about the eye. But I, I wouldn't post Odin, but it was more something that had to do with, and he was able to bridge that. And I was he like- Crack the code. I'm like, damn, wow. dude. That's like, and I thought I was like hiding some stuff pretty goddamn well. And he was yeah. just like, he, he and I and I messaged him because I, you know, the thing is like, that's all I've ever wanted. It's like I want to give you something that you can later on, you know, decipher and later on you can, you know, um, even the way that we brought uh Brody in, I had this idea of um tying uh Jupiter into um into 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 uh brody's appearance because the, the, the back back when they were still gods and stuff um they um jupiter and saturn basically represented that you're well you will suffer eternally until you learn so learning is suffering and that was in the month month of january at that exact time so uh. it was the perfect month for a guy like brody king who who embodies like you know violence and stuff like that and um to to have you know representation for those gods being you know learning through violence and suffering and having him come out it was like the perfect blend of chaos and it happened on the exact day and i was just like ah 
it played out it exactly planets, how I wanted to play out. Literally and, aligned. <laughs> yes, awesome. literally, literally, yeah, and yeah. Um, you know, stuff like that is just like for me is just very, very cool to be able to tie in like a lot of like like European folklore mm. and mm. Uh, ancient rites, ancient burial rites, and stuff like that, and just stuff that happened in and around like the lowlands of like you know thousands of years ago in my own country and stuff and you know where where we're all descendant from in in, in you know across me as a european and stuff um to kind of bring that with me and present that to the world same with the masks and stuff um it, it's 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 just very cool to kind of have that and like play it out and not people not realizing how much goes behind it and then hopefully not 10 15 years later going like wait a minute Wait a minute. Yeah. Let me look at that entrance again. Wait, what did he do? <laughs> what, what did his hands do? Why was his lens red on this time? Hey, oh, I, I, he did the mist. Wait, why is that? Why was the eye red initially when he did the mist? What was that about? You know what I mean? So wow. stuff like that and like tying months and weeks and like all sorts of like astrology stuff to it. And like I said, lore, rituals, rites. It's Nothing just, is an accident with the things you're doing. No, 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 so. no, no. And, and there's sometimes there's just stuff where I'm like, yeah, no, that's just cool. Yeah, yeah, right. of, course, of course. Sometimes yeah. it's just cool, like yeah. the stuff that we're doing right now. That's like going on in the in the in the in the chat that I can't, you know, talk about too much. Sure. Um, something that me and Brody were cooking up, um, which is going to be very very cool. You'll see it, but it's very very cool and has a lot of like different meanings. And you know, we've done it in a way, but now it's so amplified you know it sounds kind of like what the f is he talking about that's the exact <laughs> but you'll see you know, like once you see it you know exactly i think that's what he's talking about but All you right. know and we it. just kind of keep fabricating little little layers and you know i try to keep notes because eventually my idea is also to bring out this book that i call the black book mm -hmm. where all the notes are in and all like the ideas are in and just kind of like put some poetry in there put some artwork in there and just Whoa. bring out something that's just different you know like i yeah. want wrestling to transcend and just being i jump in the ring i beat some dudes up and you know it kind of gives my mind something to do as well my heart as well which is good that's i mean so cool. the wrestling much like music again as we're going to keep comparing it the mm -hmm. things that work the best are the things that remember that there are really no rules creatively with nope. what you can do there are not um the, the more interesting the, the more uniquely you present an idea the, the better it's going to work. It, it might yeah. take a second to get over. Same yep. with music. Yep. Um, you talked <laughs> about bringing like Dutch folklore mm -hmm. into the character in, mm -hmm. into wrestling in general. I'm sure, I'm sure very young getting over in America. That was the goal too, which eventually you got to be the first Dutch world champion. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I have to imagine that was pretty special. Yes. So there's been, um, how do I word this? Special? Yes, very much so. But the thing for me as well is I'm a very much like, okay, now that you're standing in it, don't let it consume you kind of mm. person. Because in the long run, it doesn't matter anything. Right now, make the best of what you have. Yes, you have this, but don't let it control. Don't Don't let this be the well, I've done that. So guys, I'm good, you know, yeah, kind of right, thing. Yeah. And that's, I feel that's something that as, as like wrestlers or artists or athletes, uh, I feel that's, that can be a death trap. Sure. So yes, it was very special. I absolutely adore my days in NXT. I will hold them dearly for, you know, the rest of my life. Um, 
but it definitely did come with some complications because the WWE, especially at that point, I want to argue without trying to sound like an arrogant asshole that that period of, of NXT, the 2017 to 2020 was the best NXT has ever been. I Old feel era. like we, yeah, I feel like we had the wrestling world on fire. I feel that we had the wrestling world. We were, we were the blueprint for how it should have been done for mm. a long time. And um, I think I think we made a lot of people better. And I think we made a lot of people go, I want to go there. I want to be in that group of guys. And the reason why that group of guys was special is because we were all competing with each other, but we all loved each other. We all had respect. Anyone from like, you know, my wife, you know, who was part of like, you know, the whole thing with Andrade and and and, and Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, Roderick Strong, uh, Tommaso, Johnny. And, you know, you, you have to say it, Velveteen at the time, of course, well, you know, they were all like integrated in the Viking Raiders, uh, Ricochet, uh, mm. Matt Riddle, you know, like it was it was this group of guys that for years was on the indies and just grinding away grinding away to then all be scooped up and put in front of guys like terry taylor robbie brookside norman smiley sean michaels uh triple h uh, uh matt bloom and just having their minds like fucking you know molded into like this is what we want you guys to do now i will also say one of the biggest changes came when they did uh, Tyler Bade versus Pete Dunne, which is, in my opinion, still one of the best matches that NXT's ever hosted. Those two had phenomenal match. I think both of them are extremely talented guys. I'm glad that they're still so young and they can still go so long. Um, but I remember they had that match, and I remember very vividly Shawn Michaels going, okay, what are we teaching people? Are we teaching people what we're doing, or are we doing that? Because I want to do that. And that is kind of how a lot of it kind of like, because we were pushing that narrative for a while where we just kind of went like, no, let us do what we do. And slowly but surely, they kind of let the ropes go down. And I will have to say one thing, you know, um, I'm making it sound like, you know, it was just us. No, because we needed the, the the revivals. We needed the the the, the Wesley Blakes and the Buddy Matthews and, and, mm -hmm. and, the, and the Finn Balors uh, and the Baron Corbins to kind of set all of that up so that we, you know, organically say Mashinsky, you know, we could, we, we could, we could inherit, inherit what they gave us and then, you know, take it to the next level. I will never not give those guys their props because those dudes worked their asses off because I feel that they changed the level too. And like, I feel like and those are all the marquee names now yes. in, it, with, amongst all companies. Exactly. And it was just like us. They're basically going like, we're going to give you this take care of it and initially it was of course like a little bit of a, of a drop because you know a lot of the love names would go up to the main roster and like here you have guys like myself and johnny and tomas and, and not so much johnny and tomas because they were already on nxt for like a year at that point but like um damian mackle sanity you know like alexander wolf eric young that and not eric young but the rest of us were relatively unknown for a larger audience yes we were known on the independent scene especially in europe and stuff but no one knew who we who, who we like were to a more american audience now the nxt audience was obviously a lot more um into like wrestling wrestling you know they, mm -hmm. they would look at the independent so it was a little easier but again i just feel that like you know those years especially like the 2018 like start of 2018 um I feel like we really did something special. And for two, three years, we had pay-per-views that created some of the best moments, best storylines. And it was just like, um, 
and I, there's actually one guy that I have to give props and me and my wife were talking about it this yesterday, Joe Belcastro, the writer for uh, NXT. Uh, I think, I think for a lot of people, a relatively unknown name because he wasn't a wrestler, but he was the writer, the head writer of NXT mm. and him and Hunter and Sean and Matt and, and Terry, they created so many incredible storylines and, you know, it was all them. And Joe in my book was one of the best story writers. He actually has a book out now and the book is really good. Um, is he but, still with WWE? No, no, he's he's been long gone from WWE. Um, but he was he was an important part of of why NXT was a success. And and you know also the writing team that we had, it, like that whole era of NXT was just the perfect storm. It mm. was just the perfect storm of like the right guys being in the right spot, doing the right things, having the right people to lead them, and the fan base was incredible. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, to circle back this very long conversation to uh, to uh, to your original thing, yes, it was very special, but it wasn't just special because it was me. It was special because it was everyone else that held the belt before me and allowed me to create a platform where I could ultimately, you know, gave the belt. I never really felt good about my title run because I felt that it was a little premature. But when I lost the belt to Tommaso, funny enough, that's the moment where I got super comfortable and I was like, all right. Yes, let's fucking let's fucking go, right? Mm-hmm. I was already comfortable in the point of like having comfortability in in, in my ability because like the night I wrestled Velveteen, I basically said to Hunter, I said, just let me do it. Let me do it my way. If you hate it, here's the ropes back. You can do it, and I'll do whatever you want. But please, I I, I know that I can because I wasn't really happy with my debut. I wasn't really happy with my match against Hideo, uh, and it was me, not them. It was me. Sure. I wasn't happy with myself. I think they're, you know, Kenta, come on. You know what I mean? Like it's, 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 yeah, it's, it, it was me predominantly. And I knew what it was is that I was trying to cater too much what I think they wanted me to do. And they kept going like, no, we don't want that. We want you to do you, but then we're still trying to like micromanage things that I was doing. Mm. Um, so I just basically said, Hunter, please just let me do me. I will, you know, and you know, the match with, with Velveteen is obviously what it was. And it was a great payoff match. And after I came back, Hunter was like, okay, you're good. You do what yeah. you want to do. I, I wow. fully understand it now. And, you know, it takes time to kind of build up that relationship with people. And when they gave me the title, I kind of felt like, oh, I feel this is a little too soon. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But rating wise, it wasn't merch wise. It wasn't. But I just <laughs> felt personally, I was like, oh, I wish they would have. So Tommaso took the belt and I was actually supposed to win it back in that three way that was supposed to happen between myself, Johnny and Tommaso. Right. Um, I got injured. And obviously we ran with uh, with the Johnny uh, who done it storyline, which I still love. I like I love wrestling Johnny so much that he's such an incredibly talented uh, individual. Um, I think one of my absolute favorite matches was with him was that uh, War Games uh, pay per view mm-hmm. where I wrestled him, and oh, yeah. then I had my match with Tommaso, which was back for the belt in January. I think it was NXT Phoenix 2020, I want to say, 2019. No, 2020. I think it was 2020. Uh, it's about two months before I moved out to the main roster. And I'm I'm really proud of that match in particular because it was one of the matches where I think it was like 35 minutes, but it was me selling my leg and everything I did had like, it like, like had like an impact on my leg. And I was just really proud of the, of the, of the, the build towards like selling that particular, leg, having to find creative ways to like do things while still selling, you know, presenting that my leg was, 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 uh, you know, was incapacitated. And 
there's just a lot of things about that NXT era where I feel like I really owned my skills. I really felt like, no, I'm on the, I'm on the money. And that's kind of, mm-hmm. you know, propelled me to, you know, where I am now, but I couldn't have done it without all the other guys. Absolutely. Is there, do you have a, a big four Dude, of, I, of guys? I was going to say that, the exact same thing. Guys that are <laughs> still there that you'd, you need to wrestle one more time. That are still there. That are still WWE okay. NXT adjacent. Where you're like, no matter fucking what, I'm wrestling this guy one more time. One more time, or just in general? In general. Okay. So number one, Roman, 100. Mm. percent I, I don't care what people think. I think he's on. I think he's. And I he's think that actually, I, I, the thing is, like I say that, but I think everybody agrees. Like yeah, Roman yeah. is like Roman's the man. Yeah. And not just from a company point of view or like carrying the heavyweight belt, just as a performer that he's, he just, he just knows it. He just, you know, he's, he's just, he's crazy good. And Seth is another one. I always hate that my matches with Seth apart from one uh, war in the, in the PC era and him and me always talked about, man, if we were just have a, a bigger platform, a mania match or pay-per-view match in front of an audience, we tear it up because I absolutely adore Seth Rollins. And I think that he is, uh, people don't appreciate how well and good and how nuanced he is. I have learned so much from like talking to Seth Rollins and like wrestling him. And he would like give me so much advice and how to present character stuff. And like these little nitty details that he does just incredible stuff. I, um, he's one of them, obviously Johnny and Tommaso, of course, you know, that's just, um, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't really know if I have a big four, I have a big whole, a whole bag of people that I want to wrestle. Um, but if I, I mean, that was a very big four. Yeah. Well, I'll give you one more person. And this is not, uh, something that would ever happen in WWE unless like, you know, that part changes, but Asuka, man, Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. What crazy. an answer. And we've spoken about it too. Wow. We've had that conversation. And she would you love to. You two just kicking the shit out of each other? Oh, yeah. She's great. How, where do I pay? I'll tell <laughs> you right now. Where she do I would, uh, She would give me the fight of my life. I think. Wow. wow. That's so cool. She is uh, unmatched, unrivaled. Yeah. You heard she that re- response at Rumble, right? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She she is every bit as good as people think she is. She is every bit as deserving as people think she is. She is Absolutely. phenomenal. And also, last one, and this might sound funny, I want to compete against my wife. Fuck That's yeah. awesome. For two reasons. Number mm-hmm. one, because she's my wife. Yeah, yeah. Um, number two, my wife, in my opinion, other than having a few matches with us, and I don't want to sound biased because we're married, but I know who she was before she came to WWE. Sure. My wife, in my opinion, has not had the role to really prove herself. And, you know, she's been injected in a match here and a match there. Uh, you know, she had those two good matches with Asuka that people, unfortunately, because it was in the pandemic era, don't really like, you know, talk about anymore. Mm. But there's a certain like comfortability that people get when they watch and wrestle several times a week same way as if you play 
six shows a night, six shows a week, you get really into the groove of things and you can yeah. fuck around on stage and you're feeling it. But if you do one show a month, you're like, Oh fuck, I hope I don't, you know what I mean? And the same oh. goes for, again, same goes for wrestling. So my wife being like interjected in and out of matches, which is, you know, that's, that's just the nature of the business that happens. I feel like rumble was a good little thing. And then the match that she had on TV uh, a couple of days ago, you know, was also like, you know, again, like, Give her more of that. I guarantee you that in the span of six months, you're going to get a completely different woman that does things that you've never seen a woman do, especially her size, because she's trained. Yo, she's in she's, crazy shape. Oh, too. yeah. Like we're, she's we're, fucking we're, on, we're on the hammer at the moment. Like, wow. you know, I think people don't realize that she was trained by Amazing Red. That's her cousin. They wow. train and she can do everything that Red does. She just never really has a platform to show it. And he and he was one of the guys that defined this whole. He era. was. Red doesn't get enough props. Agreed. Like and and same with Loki. You know that those dudes like they created that like let's say that video game style of like professional wrestling where all of a sudden the boundaries just kind of went out the door. Same with Kenta. Kenta was one of those guys that he was a kickboxer like did Muay Thai. And I remember in 2005 when I first saw him, it made me go, oh. So I can do that too with my style. Mm. And that's how I started thinking about like, you know, incorporating like wet catches and like, you know, like, like repost with teeps and, and, and arm catches. And like, I started going like really back into like my kickboxing and my Muay Thai and going, I can do this. I can do that. I can do this. And that's kind of how that style for me progressed as well. And that's how I come wow. up with still different things because I translate it, but I digress my wife. I love that answer. And with, with what you said in mind with like keeping your chops up, wanting to wrestle three, five, six times a week, does that excite you for AEW moving into house shows? Yes. Because it was at for, my request. For the better of the roster. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? It was at my request. Uh, wow. and, 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 and before people take a run with this, it was at my request that we're doing live events. And initially he was like, maybe. And I kept hammering out on it. And others started chiming into him. I'm like, we wow. need to do live events. And eventually, he told me about, was it four or five months ago when I sat down with him? He basically said, like, we're going to start doing live events in 2023. And that was like, put me on him because huge. I love, wow. there's nothing more fun than live events because you can interact with the crowd. And I think that a lot of young guys that are coming through now, they need to learn how to work for cameras and like mm. learn how to get comfortable in front of an audience in a way that they don't forget about, like, hey, Take a breather. Let it. Yeah. Let people give people the opportunity to process what it is that you just did, and that doesn't mean stand still, do nothing. But you know what I mean. It's all these like little little things that I think that uh, a lot of the younger kids in that locker room are now going to be able to get you know pick up and wow. get better because that's the only way you're going to get better. Same with music. The only way you get better is by doing it, and that's yeah, same I as was, with wrestling. I was just gonna say uh, something that we'll do a lot is like when you're on your way to join up with a bigger tour, you'll do some mm -hmm. routing shows, and it's just kind of getting oh, the reps really? in. Break yeah, in, yeah, interesting. Absolutely. Interesting. I've n I never knew that, but it makes makes total sense. It's the same principle. Um, so right. I I and I've said this before in the show, but I just for the conversation's sake, I was into wrestling during like the Attitude Era. That's sure. that was like when I grew up watching it and, yeah. and being there. Kind of <laughs> fell out of it during the. Um, like the ruthless aggression era, I suppose, is when that all started. Yeah, yeah. And I really didn't get back into it until, kind of until COVID, 
because I had okay. a ton of time. I wasn't touring, maybe even a little bit before that, mostly because of Brody, honestly, just mm-hmm. because it was like, oh, my friend is doing this crazy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I became aware of you yeah, because Code Orange and our friend Brendan yep. played you out with this cool entrance. So what, what I wanted to know, and immediately oh. that was like barrier breaking for my brain because I had no idea outside of Brody that anyone was into like actual hardcore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, and, and who would reach out to code orange mm-hmm. and Brendan like incendiary and, yeah. you know, have them play them out. Punk, so, I mean, for the longest time, the only representation of like hardcore we had on screen at WWE was like punk. Mm-hmm. And then, if Mosh and Thrasher were wearing a fucking yeah. a typo shirt. anthrax or typo shirt, <laughs> yeah, or something, yep. you know? yep. And now we got Big Tom, baby. There we go. Um, yeah. So the connection between myself and Code Orange uh, was a WWE uh, setup. So uh, the, the guys from um, Code Orange are actually big wrestling fans, and they used mm-hmm. to come and watch me at Evolve, and I had no idea. And then we did download. And they asked me, hey, do you want to introduce Code Orange? They were still playing like the smaller states. Like crazy, right? Then you think about that because now they're like Grammy playing, like having, yeah. you know, big time massive artists that collaborate with so many like, like you know, big artists and stuff. And uh, But at the time, they were playing one of the smaller, not the smallest, but one of the smaller venues at Download. But they, you know, they just had that connection with WB. So I met the guys backstage. I had a great conversation. I, I absolutely love all of them. They are awesome humans. And um, friends of the show, friends oh, of the oh, show. Oh, dude, Go they're down. you know I I have a lot of love for for uh, for those for those kids. They they are absolutely great. Um, introduced them. It was a cool little you know connection. And then a couple months later, the pay per view came, and Hunter was like, "What do you think about being played out to the uh, to the crowd?" I'm like, "What do you mean?" Well, we got Code Orange. We got the you know we got Brandon from Incendiary who does your who does your track anyway. Um, would you like you know, you know would you like to have them perform your song live? I'm like that'd be insane he's like yeah the last person to ever be played out at the time um i think i think he was said was him i'm not sure if that's was it was was it hunter that, got, that, that had the the performance by motorhead or was yeah, it the uh, motorhead entrance, it yeah. was right that was the yeah. last time it was uh yeah so Maybe. um but like, a metal band because i'm assuming that they, yeah, yeah. they have flow rider at some point play one like, rappers all, i mean that's way yeah. cheaper to do you know? yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so you know they he was like you know, we want to do that. And that's kind of, you know, it was just a very cool little apps of fucking lootly. You know, yeah. it was so cool. It was such a, I, I'm, I'm really thankful for WB giving me so many of these like, you know, unique moments and, 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 and unique presentation and allowing me to just do all this like stuff. And, you know, on the subject of hardcore and, and, uh, and just basically let's say this, let's call it just alternative music. Yeah. Um, Cause I would never consider myself to be a strictly hardcore kid or anything like, like that. I don't think anyone, anything uh, anyone would would assume that i am um but for me i felt that when i came to the wwe they didn't really have anyone that really was involved in the scene like the way i was involved in the scene because i was still going to like small venues and seeing local bands and fucking shit up with my friends sitting in vans and like helping them set up and then completely wreck the goddamn stage of every little small part <laughs> that they were playing in you know what i mean and you know, like, uh, you know, we, we, we hung out like, you know, the, the, the Dutch hardcore scene isn't a very big one, but I mean, I think, I think the OGs like no turning back and stuff like that, you know, they were, you know, they were around, they've been around for like what, 25 year years. They Forever. used to, yeah. uh, it's funny. Cause in that same era, 
um, that I was getting heavily involved with uh, the hardcore scene, like Terror kept touring in Europe that to the point where the joke was that Terror was now a European band they're, because yeah, they were playing <laughs> more in Europe. They're Netherlands straight edge. <laughs> yeah, that they were just like, you know, they were playing, uh, they were playing, uh, you know, predominantly the Netherlands for like a very, very long time. And obviously no turning back was always in the, um, in, in the, uh, on, on the card with them as well. Um, it was just for me, hardcore is a a very magical brotherhood that mm -hmm. transcends all over the world. It's a collective group of kids that basically said, we see your level of success. We don't like it. And we, we're going to do it our way. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and, and, and we're going to do it very loud. And we're going to support each other while doing it. And we're going to bring you some, some, some of the most violent shit you've ever seen. But it's, 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 it's meant to be positive because we want you to do better. We want you, you, we want you to, to have better, but you're going to have to claw for it. And you have to understand that you have to claw for it. And this is about life. This is about unity. This is about being a family. And this is about persevering. And that for me was always like, I love that about hardcore and that like, you know, that, that unity and that like, you know, that brotherhood feeling didn't matter if I was in Germany and there was a local show and I, I would step in and I would wear a cool, a cool hand t-shirt and people were like, oh shit. And like, you know what I mean? And like, it, it was, it was good immediately because everybody, everybody understood it. And then, you know, everybody just like wrecking the places down and then we jump in the van and then we drive to the next town and, you know, I would wrestle um, that next night and then we'd go to Germany and would come right back and, you know, go back to Rotterdam and like jump into the van with the guys again. And, you know, it was just, it was just a blast at the time, man. And at the same time, uh, growing up, I got heavily inspired by bands like uh, uh, Mayhem and Immortal, um, Cradle of Filth, uh, Cannibal Corpse, and, and, you know, like, like, like much more like blackened metal and, and mm -hmm. death metal and black metal, uh, mm -hmm. melodic death metal and, and especially like the aesthetics of it and uh, the lore behind it. And like, you know, some of the crazy stories that would come out and the, especially like, you know, with, with, with a band like Cradle of Filth and funny enough, uh, my clothing company actually did two collaborations with Cradle of Filth a while ago. And to me, that was like mind blowing because yeah, yeah. there is, um, there's an interview that I did many, many, many moons ago where I cite Danny Filth's, um, saying a piece in an interview that really inspired me to think outside the box. And his, his thing was like, well, the reason why we are so theatrical is that when I grew up, I loved like Alice Cooper and Iron Maiden and they had the big puppets on stage and it was like super theatric. And he's like, none of the younger bands do that anymore. So that's why I wanted to do it. And I wanted to take it up a notch because I love all that stuff. And like, it really made me think, and I'm like, man, he's right. You know, how can I do that? And that's kind of slowly how the presentation came. And then, um, you know, stuff from my childhood with my with my dad. And I I've never really touched on this too much. Uh, and I also don't want to because, uh, you know, I love my old man. And he's 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 worlds away from who he once was. And he's uh, he's a, he's a great human being. But, the, you know, back then he uh, he was he was a very different guy. And like the, the background he came out of was that the people that he was involved with were like this super religious, heavy, almost cult like uh, group of people that really mess with his brains. And uh, I drew a lot of inspiration from that as well, because I started researching. These wow. people and I was like, you know, like and then you go from from cults to 
uh, uh, occults and then you go to like Christianity and like all these things that you kind of like can draw inspiration from. And I got so obsessed with like world religion uh, and then combining, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the black metal aesthetics and, and some of the lyrics with, you know, your childhood interests and stuff that you've seen and went through and then grabbing like, you know, your broken, your broken teeny angsty heart and put the big patch of heart on top of it. And that's kind of how you kind of, you know, punch your way through life and training wrestling and, and Muay Thai and stuff like that, just to kind of keep your head above water. It's like that yeah. entire combination of like that ball of like raw emotion of anger, sadness, happiness, and, and, and all that, like, man, just being a lost kid, mm. making yourself like what you are now. And it was like, like, there's moments been in my life where I've been like, that was a close call. I shouldn't have done X. I shouldn't have done A. I shouldn't have done C, whatever. You know what I mean? But I wouldn't change a damn thing looking back now because every little thing that I have done in my life has led me to a path that I absolutely love. No matter how difficult it gets sometimes, no matter how painful it is sometimes, no matter how much regret is involved, it had to happen for that reason or else I would not be who I am now. And I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't change anything simply wow. because it allowed me to do what I did. That's Amazing. beautiful. And like the way you described fighting together, clawing together, um, it's a brotherhood. Yeah. It's very similar to, again, to wrestling in that like one, one example I could think of is I remember when Knocked Loose did a headliner in, I think like 2019 mm-hmm. and terror was direct support. And terror put knocked loose over. You know what I mean? Like I that's remember. A- I remember that too. Yeah. I, I yeah. remember. I remember exactly what you're talking about because I remember. I remember seeing the video of it. And it and it yep. and you can ask. And I did talk to Terror after someone, a few people from Terror after that tour. It was like it was one of the best tours we've ever done. Mm-hmm. It introduced. That's us how you to- stay Terror. Exactly. You go, you, yeah. Exactly. You read, and- you read the time. You read the room. You go. Yeah, it's this guy's time. Yeah, but that'll that'll keep us near the top. Yeah, us, yeah. You know? and 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 not just that, but like authentically going, like you know, we've we've we have our foundation in hardcore. Mm-hmm. No one will ever take that away from us. We are what we are because we did what we did. Here's these kids, and they're about to do their thing because you can you 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 can argue about all. I think Knock Loose is fucking fantastic. I think those kids so do something so special, so unique. Um, such a great mindset, such a great sound, just so, and I was thinking about that yesterday and funny enough, like harm's way came in my head as well. Cause I'm listing all these bands that have this like, really like, like almost like black and hardcore type feeling. And I will say this, I feel like brutality will prevail mm. in my book are the first ones to really went that low with their guitars and had that like blackened feeling to their you love uh, so, dude i, you I love, love i love those boys there's a whole story between me and those boys but it's because really? i love them so much um so them desolated uh knocked loose gold orange harm's way um matt cruel hand was more thrashy type in, yeah. in my book yeah. and like, you yeah. can you can you can tell me i'm wrong because you guys are musicians i'm, I'm just <laughs> saying it how i'm feeling it and how i'm seeing it um but I feel that there was just something so incredibly heavy about those guitars and just these like low riffs that just made me want to f- 
fight people. It was mm. just like, man, what is this? And like I said, like I remember hearing sleep paralysis by brutality will prevail. And I just go, yo, these dudes are so slow. It's just, it's just fighting. It's just <laughs> fucking fighting. And I just went like, oh, this is exactly what I need. <laughs> um, we toured with them. Uh, yeah. And I believe we played Dynamo in Eindhoven, I think. Oh, there we go. I That's think. a throwback. Dynamo. But but like the small <laughs> venue, the venue, not, yes. not the fest. Not the yeah, fest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's, yeah. I don't think it's... There it, were not 80,000 people there. <laughs> Yo, I, I mean, guess so somebody cool. at the venue is like mad at Twitching Tongues for like... like Leaving a banana peel behind or something. You son know. of a bitch. I'm you, sorry about that banana you, peel. You, you don't know about the Dutch and banana peels, bro? I'm sorry, man. I, I didn't, nobody, you didn't, you man, weren't there to train me I'm on the banana peel I'm about to wrap code. this interview up because this is <laughs> <laughs> now, I love um, playing the Netherlands. Um, yeah. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of it is, you're two weeks generally into, you're entrenched in this language barrier wherever you go to. But they all speak English. And you adjust to it, but then you get to the <laughs> Netherlands, and a guy comes up to the table, and he's like, "Hey, man, you got this fucking shirt in XL? It's so sick!" Like, and he just no, and I'm just like, "Where the fuck am I?" <laughs> the, even you, like, we didn't really know each other. I, I, I'm watching PWG. I'm think, I think I'm there live. I see this guy coming into Trapped Under Ice, and I'm like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" Yeah. This <laughs> and then we have a conversation, and I hear your voice for the first time. I'm like, "This motherfucker." From Florida or something? Yeah. Where, where is this accent coming from? <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. It's insane. Is, yep. is it taught in like in primary school in is the it, Netherlands? Is English? It, yes. Yeah. So oh. I um, I used to be able to speak uh, four languages, but my French isn't that great anymore. Uh, but German, English, and Dutch. Damn, Americans are so stupid. It's crazy. Ich, ich habe Deutsch gelernt. Fuck off. Du ich hast das gelernt? gelernt. Yeah. Jawohl. <laughs> When did you, you when did you Spanish? when did you learn German? I took it for four years of high school. Uh, my grandfather is from Munich, and it was just kind of like, oh, that'll so be an easy. That's funny because I've always heard that there is uh, there's two options in like the United States school systems. You can learn Spanish or German, or like is, are there more? Are there sometimes French? French. French? Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Well, yeah, with us, it's like you get the the, the bare bones, yeah. and. Um, I always say you, you, you're taught to at least like be able to save yourself if you're in a sticky situation or you're lost, <laughs> uh, but then you can obviously, you know, you can take a module and like, you know, learn more advanced like languages and stuff. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, you know, in, in, in the school system, stuff like that is like just, you know, on a base level is being taught. That's awesome. Pardon this interruption. Hello, welcome. It's Manscaped time because today's episode of Hard Lore is brought to you by Manscaped. Bo, tell them what they got. Let me tell you what we got, Mr. Brother. We got uh, the Lawnmower 4.0. Listen to that. The Crop Reviver Ball Refresher. You know, you're a little stanky. You don't feel like showering and doing the whole thing. You you slap this on for the gym or something. And you're it's good a delight. To go. It smells incredible in here. We got the lawnmower 4.0, man. I, I shaved my chest last night for shits and gigs just for fun. Straight just up. to do it. Just to see if it worked. The light is like awesome. the shower and stuff makes it really. <laughs> ooh, yeah. It's really like a nice hideous. It looks, it makes me feel like, oh no. But then you trim and you're like, oh yes. You're like, you know yeah. what? I should do this more often. You know what else we got, Colin? What? The Manscaped Undies, your favorite that I've really come around to. How did you do that? Anything is possible with Manscaped. Code Hardlore, 20% off. 
free shipping. They got new stuff. They got so much stuff. They got so much stuff. We don't have it yet, but they got new stuff coming, and we're going to show you. They got a beard trimmer coming. If it's got that light on it, I'm going to wonder next time we do an ad. <laughs> Today's episode is also sponsored by Whatnot, the best new place to buy and sell your cool stuff. You get these marquee names on there. You got Brody King. Mm. You got Danhausen on there. Mm. You got all ego Ethan Page Ex- on there. Explain, as you just did for me, exactly what it is. You have I would say Whatnot is like eBay meets Cameo. In you that know? a Cameo, a person of note who has yes. some stuff people might want is selling their things. For Auction. example, mm-hmm. today, the day this episode airs, Brody King and I will be doing some stuff on Whatnot. So click the link below, sign up. At the end of this month, Bo and I are going to be doing the very first Hard Lore Whatnot. Whoa. So we don't know what that entails yet, but you <laughs> you know you're going to get some good shit if it's from us. Mm. Uh, use the link below, sign up. Whatnot is awesome. They're fans of the show. You know we only fuck with people that fuck with us and that are that represent us in some way that we think will work. So check out Whatnot. Buy some cool stuff. Enjoy the rest of this episode with Malachi Black. It's hard for me to believe now that the, the House of Black is over the one-year mark. Yeah. When is. I feel like you kind of, you guys are really just getting started. You're, yes. You're hitting your – creatively, you're like the foundation is built. Yes. You've got this um, perfect unit. Yeah. Um, sh- yes. Short-term yes no. and long-term yeah. goals for the House of Black. Where, uh, where's your head at? So I think that – it would make most sense for us to chase the trios titles. I really yeah. think so. I think that that is something that I can hear within the ranks of like, you know, the fan base that is the AW fan base. And I, I agree. I feel like it's time for us to do something that, you know, turns more heads than just being the house of black and give people, you know, an extra reason to, you know, bite down on what it is that we present to the world. Um, there is a part of me that still wants to have a singles run in AW mm-hmm. as well, because I, I I love single single wrestling. There's a part of me that still wants to have a tag run with uh, with Brody because I love tag wrestling too. So there's three you know stages that I think organically make a lot of sense. Um, and I mean, I, I guess they're not that surprising. You know, when I say them out loud, I don't think anyone's going to go, oh, I never thought of that. Now <laughs> he wants to be tag and trios and single career. Oh, you know, I think I think everybody can kind of agree. Like, I think okay, everybody yeah, wants all yeah, three of those all things. Three things yeah. Yeah. I think I was we're at- in a, yeah, we're in a good position to, to argue that I think a lot of people want us to do uh, that. Yeah, mm. I was at Forbidden Door. It's right up the street from where I live. Right. I was I was rooting for you for that belt. That was <laughs> I thought for sh- I thought for sure. Yeah, uh, that was a fun match. That was um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I. I uh, I, I think that was a was a really unique show as well. It was cool mm. to be, you know, part of like a well, kind of a historic style pay per view of like a co joined AW New Japan show with some of the like, you know, crazier names uh, of the Japanese pro wrestling yeah. scene on the, you know, on, on the bill. It was just it was very 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 cool. Good atmosphere backstage. It was a perfect show. Dude, yeah, that was that was and a time all where, the cards were stacked against it. You yeah, know? yeah, like yeah. That the was a promotion was difficult. Time schedules, everything, and yep. uh, against all odds, it was fucking unbelievable. Yep. Yeah. I decided to go super last minute 
So I had a group of friends who went who were all sitting together and I got a single seat, like I'm my own, just in the crowd. And I had <laughs> somewhere random, like it was just you. Every, everyone was just like pumped. Like yeah. everybody was pumped. Like yeah. there was no, it was awesome. I, I well, had a really good time. I think that is the strength of AW, right? Um, they do something so, so very unique, so very different. And they really cater to um, a fan base. And um Obviously, it helps that Tony himself is also, of course, like a massive fan of wrestling. And he he embodies what I think a lot of wrestling fans would want. You know what I mean? And um, I think for him to being able to like monetize that and present that to the masses, especially because hey, there's always it's always good when there's like a call for multiple things and him, you know, fulfilling this um, this need for a other product than what, you know, the WB is doing. Um, I think is good because it's, it's, I was, I was always happy that there was a second promotion because I, uh, even when, even when it started, I was just like really happy that my friends were now able to make like a really good living for themselves because, yeah. you know, people, people would know about, you know, us and all that stuff, but we knew about like, you know, the other guys, we knew about the young bucks, the Kenny Omegas and stuff like that. And not that I think that those guys were not good off before, but they also deserve to be put on a platform that was bigger and had a more like uh, national and now, you know, worldly, you know, view within the realms of professional wrestling. Um, but he also, even like now guys like the acclaimed, you know, mm. um, homegrown, homegrown, uh, MGF Darby, you know, guys who bring something unique to the table and do something that they do something that's 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 needed and wanted in wrestling. They're, they've been able to um, present that to the masses and being mm -hmm. able to make a living off it. And I think that's great. Uh, I have one more question about wrestling stuff. Sure. And I think I'm good. Um, did you have before you decided kind of and you know, what's funny about you, too? I, I don't want to call your aesthetic a gimmick because it seems disrespectful because you know what i mean because you, you like mm -hmm. i believe it's almost undertaker-esque where it's like I, <laughs> this guy is like studying this shit and living and blah 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 sure did you have a moment uh or a time when you were wrestling before your current aesthetic where it was like your your big scott hall days where you were just like a guy no <laughs> no so um <laughs> I think I think the first seven years of my career were spent being wrong about everything. Mm, mm. Nothing worked. I was either being the I'm a baby face or I'm a good guy or you know I'm a bad guy. You know, there was there was no nuancing. And I got this like horrendous uh, injury. I had this little cut in the inner part of my thigh and it got so infected that I nearly died. Um, yeah, I, I'm a very stubborn individual. My wife will tell you, uh, I don't go to hospitals. I don't go to doctors. I have oh, to literally God. be on the brink of death before I go. So oh, brother, medical I'm, technology is unbelievable. Now <laughs> you gotta well, go. My, my brother is, my brother is an <laughs> anesthesiologist and an assistant surgeon. So I, okay. you know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah, the joke's always been that I put him in a hospital and he fixed it. <laughs> but, um, so I, uh, I, I, uh, I nearly died. <laughs> and then, uh, I kind of went like, all right, so I'm out of wrestling for at least six weeks to three months. Cause it was, it was that bad. I, I missed a lot of time and it gave me kind of like time to go back to who I was. Cause I stopped doing, uh, Muay Thai and kickboxing when I transitioned to wrestling when I was uh, 15 years old. 
but it also took away my conditioning. It took away my ability to be very creative because I was so hyper-focused on being a wrestler and just focusing on the wrestling. Sure, my style was that of like a striker and stuff like that, mm. but it was it was different. It was it was clearly not what it was now. And it was actually in that exact same time frame. I was about 22 years old when that happened, where I just kind of went like, all right, what am I doing wrong? And I really started thinking about like, yeah, well, you know, you're presenting everything that you are not. You're not using mm. any of the things that, you know, you grew up with. You're not using any of the things that make you who you are as a person. You know, you like hardcore you like black metal you like the occult you know you've got some you got some wild stories from like your childhood and stuff like that you've been through some shit why not use these things and at the same time where i started going back to muay thai and uh sorry kickboxing actually i started going back to kickboxing and it was right then where i was like i know all this shit why am i not utilizing this and wow. then i started kind of you know weaving in like you know the 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 what they call i guess the the switching knee strike or the v trigger nowadays yeah. uh and the spinning heel kick and i started using more like grappling suplexes and stuff like that and like more like more like clinch kind of sweeps and, and and holds and stuff and uh mm -hmm. stuff from like my panchak shila days uh with like leg sweeps and body scissors i started really kind of like carving out by looking at what at the time because I, I was working for wxw uh, predominantly and i was really looking at their roster and going like this person's doing this all right i'm gonna i'm gonna get rid of that move from my arsenal this person uh -huh. okay that's not being used anymore and nice. that kind of made me it, it, it really laid the blueprint of what i do nowadays which is looking actively at a roster and then going i'm not doing this i'm not doing that but also nowadays being in a position to go, hey, guys, can you perhaps not do this? Because, you, yeah. you know, like, luckily. Um, but you'll, but you'll kind of starve yourself to force creativity. Yes. Yeah. To take away was, options. To I just wanted to come back feeling comfortable because I just kind of went like, man, I've been trying this for seven years. And I guess I've done decent, but not great. Um, and it was really there where, like, the transition for me started happening, where I started implementing the you know, the, 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 the battle jackets and the letter cuts and like, you know, I was starting to get tattooed more and, you know, using band shirts to come out and just like really like, you know, formulating myself, changing my music, uh, you know, definitely adopting a little bit more of, uh, of, of like, you know, where I come from, like with my group of friends and then giving the hints of like the occult stuff in there and using different symbolisms and using stuff in promos and making these little vignettes and, you know, that's kind of how it all, how it all grew. And then by the time it was about 2011, 12, I worked for this company called insane championship wrestling and the promoter, Mark Dallas, uh, he was very much of like, you guys, you know, I love what you guys are doing. And we, you know, we work for big Japan at the time, me and me and Michael Dante, my tag partner. And we already kind of ran with the whole occult themed stuff, the Sumerian death squad at the time. And even that name is based off like, you know, certain things. And, it was right then and there where I was kind of I started getting these ideas of like filming these little like movies that were like kind of like low budget horror movies as promos. And I presented the idea to Mark Dallas and Mark was like in his like super flat, heavy Glaswegian Scottish accent saying, yeah, you guys do whatever the fuck you want, man. And then like we did it and it came <laughs> back and the response was so good that we were like, yo, we're on to something. Mm -hmm. And it just progressed and progressed and progressed and progressed. And then like, you know, uh, so many of these, you know, the whole Quail of Phil thing came into play. Uh, bands like Watain and stuff gave me like, you know, like, uh, aesthetically visuals, gave sure, me a lot yeah. of like ideas and then dissecting some of the lyrics and, 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 and of like certain bands and like, you know, reading up about their backstories and, you know, what 
you know, what, what, what was this band inspired by? And then like, you know, going through all the crazy stories that you read and then like letting it, you're letting it influence you and then listen to music, seeing the music videos and then going, I can use this, I can use that. And, you know, okay. it just really organically, but again, you know, it's almost like we circle back to the first part of the conversation. I had to like deconstruct and pull the fibers of all that apart so I can kind of like take a needle and thread and kind of like sew them back in together, but wow. I sewed them onto my own skin. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like how it all, um, how it all happened. Wow. You're, you're, you, everything you say yeah. can apply to music too. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Like yep. You deconstruct other art to make new art in a yep. way that it's, that's un completely unrelated to it. That's how I can turn a fucking, Stevie Wonder song into a God's Hate song, you know? I believe or it. I 100% because if there's only like, even if there's like 1% that you can use, it, you're going to exploit the fuck out of that 1%. You're like, <laughs> I'm going to let that inspire me until like, if I, it, I, even I, if it's just a match that, yep. like, that lights the bulb, yep. you know? I know exactly what, you, yeah. what you're talking what was, about. Like, what was your first entrance theme ever? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, and this is a wild one because you wouldn't expect it from me, but I was also heavy into skateboarding. A lot of my friends were like, yeah, I was into like um, more like underground hip hop and stuff like that. So like Gangstar and stuff, uh, oh, Talib wow. Kweli, Mos Def, um, Jurassic 5, etc. cetera. Uh, I used Simon Says' remix from Feral Monk. That was the first song I ever came out. Wow. And it was wow. so, so random because you would, yeah. you wouldn't think about that. And then like I used Biohazard. Sick. And, um, I used what biohazard track? Do you remember uh, the one with Onyx New World Disorder? Because from it, the it, judgment. It, oh, okay. Even no then, way. because yeah. it's about conspiracies and stuff. So even then, it kind of like started like kind of implanting in my head because that song uh -huh. is about like the whole world gone to shits because of the Illuminati and stuff. It's yeah, it's a cool yeah, song. Yeah. Right. Um, then I used Unreal, uh, not Unreal. Uh, Jesus Christ, Unreal. Um, God, what's um, I don't recall it again. The song is called Zombie Autopilot. Why can't I come up with a band? On Earth. Jesus. Thank you. Ah, on Earth. Of course. On yeah. Earth. And then kind of like I've used Terror. I've used Trapped in Her Eyes, Cruel Hand. Um, and then I used Agrophobic Nosebleed. Oh, yes. Thank you. I love that band. <laughs> and, and, and Brutality Will Prevail. Of course. You use them as a as an intro? Yes. Wow. Yeah. It's a remix version of some of the songs. Like uh there's actually a whole story about myself and um Brutality Prevail in WB. So um I own the very last song made by Brutality Will Prevail because that song was uh recorded as one of my uh never released WB tracks. Really? So, I, so that would be Louie was, then. Was that? Louis was the singer then. It yes. was. It yep. wasn't AJ. Yeah. Okay. No, it was Louis. And um, it's funny because this is about three years ago, 2020, 2021 ish, when I like about about like a couple months before I got released. Um, I had a whole talk with Vince, and this is in the COVID era. And to make a very long story short, Vince was just like, "We got to do something with you," and I was like, "Yeah, no shit," and um. Um, I said, like, okay, I have this idea. I want to do this with this character, that with this character. And he loved it. It was like, yeah, that sounds great. You know, like I, I gave him the idea of almost this like James Bond type villain that has like an aesthetical 
you know, difference, but it doesn't make him anything else other than like having an aesthetic that he can draw inspiration from. Right. Um, I wanted a new theme song because he was already, he, he already took the entrance away. He, I don't know why, but he was just to the, um, dismay of many, many fans and many, many staff members. He was like, he, he took the coffin away. He took the, the raise away and no oh, one I ever was furious. No one ever, <laughs> I, even I didn't get it. I was just like, but that made me, me. So what, but yeah. whatever, you know, yeah. <laughs> so, um, he, he took that away and, um, we sat down for like, we had a 45 minute conversation. I was kind of unheard of because Vince usually like didn't talk like long and then people to five to 10 minutes, but we, he really took the time. We really sat down for a very long time and Bruce Pritchard was in the room too. He was taking notes. And I said, give me X amount of time and let me do X, Y, Z. Um, he, he sent me home and uh, I started talking to the guys from Telegram Prevail because I've, I've known him for a while. I said, Hey guys, can you jump on a, on, 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 a, on a Zoom call? And I explained it to them. And I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, it sounds awesome. And I was he- really happy for them because I wanted them, same as that we want to you know, get you involved with, mm. with the House of Black stuff. I wanted them to get that, that recognition because you know, I want everybody who I consider to be a talented individual to be seen. And if I can use my platform for that, great. You know, I always, I'm a big believer in like, you go somewhere, you pull your friends and your loved ones with you. I'm a big believer yeah. in that. It shows. And um, I wanted that for them. And I, 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 uh, I, I spoke to Neil, who's the Views music guy. He started talking with them. He paid for their studio time. They wrote the song. I wrote some of the lyrics. And, you know, we kind of go back and forth. And we get this really, really cool, heavy song. And I came back. And Vince is like, all right, let's hear it. So I sit there on my mobile phone. And I let Vince hear this like extremely loud fucking hardcore black and hardcore song. And Vince goes, well, I mean, I don't know if that's music, but I'm 76 years old. So what the fuck do I know? about?" (laughs) But, you know, he was he was okay with it. But then I don't know where it kind of went iffy. I think they played that song once. I think Mm -hmm. it was against like the last time I had a match with Kevin Owens when we had that. um, I think it was my last match. Yeah, the one against Kevin Owens where. I think they're famously doing the double knees onto the chairs uh, came mm. from. And uh, we used it once. It didn't really get an intro. It was just like, it was there that we hadn't rehearsed anything. And he was, they were just like, yeah, just get out there. And, and everybody was like, okay, but you're not going to debut any of that. We were just like, I think everybody was just very, very tired. It was a very strange, that, that COVID era um, mm. uh, taping was very, very strange, very, very depressing for a lot of people. Um and as also for Vince, because Vince's thing was always like, I can't get a live reaction to people, so I don't know what's going on. I like right. the, the ratings aren't telling me anything because right. either everybody's watching or no one's watching. So I don't know. I have no point of reference. And for Vince mm-hmm. at the time, like, you know, having a loud crowd reaction is his gauging point as to see sure. how people react. And, and, you know, that's 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 obvious. Um, but you know, he didn't know. So we did the match with Kevin and we sat down again. We talked and we talked and we talked and we talked. And he said, like, look, this is what I want you to do. Now that you lost against Kevin's, I'm going to take you away from TV for like the next six weeks. And you're going to come back at the Rumble and we're going to reset you. And this was in November. The Rumble was obviously in January. And then the new year came and nothing happened. And obviously, I didn't do anything until like April of 2021, I want to say. And then we started shooting the vignettes for The Dark Father. That was the big reset. And then obviously, everybody knows what happened. But 
that was my story with uh, with brutality will prevail, and that wow. song is still in in my possession. And I I, I do want to release it with them because I feel I owe it to those boys because it's, yeah, you you know, it's it's it's, yeah. it's their art. I just like I just need to figure out a good way of like you know yeah, yeah. doing it in a way that like you know it, it it helps them because obviously unfortunately recently uh, they uh, they decided to call it quits. Yeah, and um, you know, I, I guess they're like doing separate things now. But I think it'd be cool at one point we can go, hey guys, remember we have the song, let's bring it out. And they actually asked me a while ago, but it just, you know, with with this schedule, it was just you know another thing on top of all the other things that was going on, um, that we haven't been able to like you know figure that out. But I do believe that in the future we can we should we should do something uh, like that. Absolutely, that's awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna. Ask uh, Ash and Louie about that. I still keep. Yeah, up with send them. the wave over, brother. I gotta yeah, hear it. Yeah. Sure. Um, you got some time to talk about food before we call it. Sure. What do you think? You got any more specific questions, Colin? I guess just like I, I kind of want to get the same gauge on who's there in AEW that you're dying to work with, because wow. a, obviously, yeah. as your friend, I'm selfishly happy that you're still there. You know, because I get to see this beautiful flower grow with, <laughs> with, with you and my, my man Brody. Uh, and, and, and Malachi black gets to be who Malachi black wants to be. Sure. And that, that's, uh, that, that's the thing that for me was, was like a relief and you staying. Sure. Um, who, who, who are you dying? Who are you dying to kick in the head there? Um, so first thing to like uh, pull, pull back, uh, I'm going to pull back a little bit on, on one of the things that you said. So okay. you say Malachi Black can be who Malachi Black wants to be. And that is true to an extent. But I also mm. want people to understand that there is still a cooperation between myself and, you know, the powers that be. So my ideas are not always, you know, processed the way that I would want, it, uh, want them to be created. I want people to always understand that there is, you know, there's my ideas, there's Tony's input, and there's QT's input. And together we make, you know, happen what we want to happen. And I'm, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with that. Um, and it's definitely allowed me to be me more than um, I've ever been allowed to be myself, uh, especially on the main roster for, for WWE. Yeah. NXT was a different story. NXT Hunter was very much like, yeah, no, do what you do what you want to do. Like Alistair was 100% a, 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 a thing between me and Hunter. Like we... I told him what I wanted to do, how I wanted to do it, and what I wanted to present. And he said, like, I've got this idea for an entrance for you. This is what I want to do. Um, I send them a ton of live DVDs from some, some of my uh, favorite bands um, and music videos. And that's kind of how we came up with, like, the candles and, and, and the fire and, like, you know, the black and red and stuff like that. Um, but main roster, obviously, a very different story. AW lies a little bit between what I did with NXT and the main roster. It's a little mm. bit more mixed, if that makes sense. Mm. But uh, there's the no main... script being handed to you. It's no, like... no, no. And that part I'm very happy with that I can say what I want to say and, and, and do what I do. But sometimes I have to convey a certain message in a certain way. Um, but other than that, there's not like a lot of like uh, barriers in regards to, you know, that. Mm. Um, who do I want to tangle with? Yeah. So, and this is like a really strange thing to say, perhaps, but I would really like to wrestle Brody mm. in AW. And the reason why is because best friends make better enemies. And I think that him and me can. So true. Oh, yeah. Him and me can kind of like bring something out of each other that is like animalistic. And we can pull back the curtain on a friendship level 
actually move the curtain in front of her friendship level and just go, all right, we're going to fight and we're yeah. going to fight and, and not have any hatred towards each other. It's just, of this course. is the business, right? Um, other than that, I would love to wrestle Chris Jericho just because he's Chris Jericho. He's one of my all-time favorites. I, 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 I have so much admiration for that dude. A guy who's been able to reinvent himself no matter what, the smallest thing, and he'll just make it into like the biggest neon sign that you'll ever yeah. see and, and just utilize it. He is crazy. Like he is he is one of the masterminds of the modern day wrestling. We talk about that damn near every week on here that yeah. he's like objectively in the goat. In, he's a, he's a top four. hundred percent. And I don't, I don't care what people think or say he is from a level of, as a wrestler, looking at a wrestler. Thanks for it. Uh, as a wrestler, looking at a wrestler, I think he is what a lot of people should take notes from because even like wrestling wise, you know, he wrestles bandito and he still pulls out like the craziest matches and he's just, he's incredible. Um, especially us, you know, given his age, uh, he's, man, he's, he's Jericho, man. Like I, 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 I I have nothing but love and respect for him. Um, I say it all the time, but I was at his WWF at the time debut. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was there. My mom took me for my birthday. That is so cool though. That is iconic. Uh, The big big promo. It's like my one. Yeah. The Y2J countdown. Yeah. Oh my God. That is is super special. Um, Top Flight, myself and uh, and and Nate against Top Flight. I love those boys. Very very unique. Uh, as a human. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Just, how are you doing that? <laughs> yeah, they're. That's also one of the reasons why I requested to work with uh, Dante at the time because I knew I could have I I could give him something that he hadn't had prior to that, and that was like someone slowing him down and forcing him to sell. Um, but also showing him like some etiquette stuff, and he did he did absolutely absolutely great a lot of potential in that kid it's up to him what he does with it you know and i said that in an interview at the time as well i think he can be absolutely one of the better ones but it comes down to what he does with it you know you can only give someone a candle they have to put you know they have to strike the match and light it up but you can't do that for them. um the bucks and kenny i think from a six minute like you know even 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 take take away the belts just 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 that interaction in, in, in general, I think is, is a head turner just because of who they are and who we are. Um, and the a, six of you uh, together yeah, is just yeah. the, like yeah. the world is fucking creamy. I and think, it's, I think it's, it's so it's, black versus white, literally. Yes. The house of black versus yeah. elite, like golden, yes. you know, it's and every, like, it's the foundation of every story ever. Yeah. Told. yeah. And at, <laughs> objectively ready. as like a kind of a new Jack fan, I'm dying for that. That's okay. what I want is, is that six man. I think I think so too. I think I'd be like one of the more interesting ones, uh, especially given the level of talent in that match. Um, so Aussie Open and uh, Will Osprey, and I know they're New Japan, but you know they have been in AW before. I uh, have a uh, a little bit of a little brother dynamic with Will throughout the years, where I've had to correct him a couple times. <laughs> uh, in all good love. And in all good faith, in terms of that, because um, Will is a very talented young man. He's he's in great shape. Um, he does things from a physical standpoint that are just like unreal. Um, Every time I see him wrestle, he does something I've yeah, never seen before. Look, yeah. Looks the part, is the parts, can talk, 
um, convincing and Aussie Open. Well, if you've seen our match against uh, against them at PWG, you know exactly why I would want to wrestle them in AW because those guys are so talented. Oh my God, are these guys good? Like some of the best wrestlers I've been in the ring with those guys. And then um, FTR, just because I have so much love for them. I used to love watching uh, wrestle them in WWE. Uh, me and me and uh, Ricochet at the time have had so many matches with them on live events, and it was just always a blast, always fun. Those guys are like through and through pros. Like they are, I yeah, wrestlers, it's, it's wrestlers, hundred yeah. percent. Um, <laughs> Some say man, the ringworm of wrestlers. <laughs> there is just there is just an overflowing extent of like talent in AW. Like, I don't think there's anyone who I wouldn't want to wrestle. You know what I mean? I think I think I think you're answer. I think the answer, I think that list is 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 shorter because I don't think that list exists. <laughs> um wow. but it's a um it's an incredibly cool melting pot of older guys from the indies that have been around for a very, very long time to veterans from like the WB being around for a very long time with, you know, younger generational wrestlers that you already can tell now are going to set the world on fire. Once they reach that level of like physical maturity. And once they really like, you know, get it, you know, they're going to, they're going to do some very special things. Um, I, I, I feel like it's up to uh, myself and a few others to really, you know, help, you know, guide them as well and make sure that they do the right things. And hey, that doesn't mean that I'm always right. It never means that I'm always right. I just know that I know what I do works and I can help them translate that for them in their own world. And I, I'm always a big fan of trying everything. And even if it doesn't work for you, at least you have your answer. Because if you know what doesn't work for you, you never have to go back to it again. Well said. Wow. You said well you're uh, you're on the hammer right now. You're you're getting real in shape. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, especially like you know, we um, a couple months ago, me and my wife had a a bit of a long talk, and there were a few things in my personal life that I was very unhappy about, and I had some I had some physical problems uh, medically that had to mm -hmm. be uh, dealt with. So around May, when everything was kind of cleared, I was like, all right, screw this. We're going to do it this way. And I went to AJ Sims, who is a world-renowned nutrition coach, and he started coaching me. And my physique went from being not happy with it to everybody kind of looking at me going like, what did you do? <laughs> We're like, are you on the gear right now? Like, what's, what's going on? <laughs> I was like, uh, you know, like just 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 making making that change and really sticking through it and just kind of going like, well, I'm 37 years old. Um I'm not gonna get any younger. I uh, I don't need to I don't need to build like 50 pounds of muscle anymore. But what I can do is get leaner, and what I can do is get into a different shape and just you know make a few minor treats. Uh, sorry, uh, changes and um, you know use use some tricks and and let him coach you. And like he's the same guy that does Tommaso. Uh, he does a bunch of bodybuilders. Uh, mm. uh, Elias, he does him too. And a couple of AWs. Hell of a fucking <laughs> Oof, that's yeah. a, That guy is a body guy. Oh, my oh God. My he's, God. He's crazy. But, yeah, so um, just making those making those changes and making those tweaks, and it makes me feel so much better, like, now even, like, you know, 
because a lot of body dysmorphia happens in wrestling and I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. an exception to it. I think, I think in this day and age, I think a lot of men in general have a lot of body dysmorphia through the internet people. is just fucking poison and it's not real. Right. <laughs> and it's, it's like, not it's, real. yeah. Cause you're being yeah. fed so many things that are unrealistic. Bodybuilding is an eating disorder, you know? Yes. No, it is like the, the yeah. being like, I need to eat 250 grams of protein today or i'm gonna kill myself yeah. that's your that's disordered eating yeah well so and that's, that's and, and, and 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 that's what it is but uh one of the things that i really really appreciate about aj is that he makes sure that i have a really healthy relationship with food but he will also mm. tell me this will work this will not work and he has so fine-tuned it for me as an athlete as an individual like no program he gives is ever the same he'll have a base print but off the basement he will tell he, he will be like hey what has had has what what has this done to you has it made you a b c d e and if it has made you b okay then we're going to go here you know he's just awesome. been able to cut it into fine pieces over the last like um six seven months and i really feel like i've done something with my physique that i haven't done in a very very long time you're sure um, thank you um <laughs> It, it's so, just like, you know, it, it, it took it took it took some hills to climb because I've never really had a really healthy relationship with 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 food in that regard. But I was also a dojo guy and never a lifter. I was power mm. lifter because there's something for me to gain in terms of strength. But I really didn't care that much about like aesthetical features um, until I started caring about aesthetical features. <laughs> and then uh, well I, said yeah and, and then i started like helping my wife uh, as well and then she started signing up with someone as well but actually his wife and you know she is prone to just have more abs than like you dude, know most pro bodybuilders some people, it's crazy it's, she's ifbb ready hun, well everybody keeps asking are you are you when we go to gym like are you are you competing are you competing <laughs> and it's just it's just funny because she's just like she's so in shape right now and like we just keep on you know, keep on going with it. And it was funny because she was telling me a story as she stood backstage and all of a sudden a Triple H comes up to him and goes like, and starts like pushing down. And he's like, oh, I thought there were spray on. They're your actual abs. Because <laughs> everybody's just like, man, she's got, she's like shredded nowadays. So shredded. yeah, she's going, uh, she's doing really well. But I will also say, That's I don't great. think I've, again, I might sound biased, but <laughs> I don't think I see anyone train harder than, uh my wife like she her trains. time is coming I, I i hope it is because it's about time it, it's coming and she just works so fucking hard like the uh, a while ago we were doing muay thai and uh you know like because that's something that's something that she picked up because i i always kept training and she's you know she started joining she really likes it now uh, to the point where I kind of go like, I think you've surpassed me in like conditioning for like, you know, Muay Thai. I'll be, I'll be doing a round of pads while she'll do like, she'll do like a combination and then like, like 10 burpees and another combination. And I'm like doing, she's doing that for two minutes. And I'm just like doing like regular pat work. And I'll be like, <sighs> and she'll be like, all right, let's go. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> she's, uh, I, will, I will never forget reading uh, in fuck that you guys got married in PW Insider. And hitting the chat and being like, <laughs> and being like yo, what the in, fuck, bro? Was that in PW inside our marriage? Really? I, yeah, I, I remember. No and you texted the, the table and you were like, ah, yeah, sorry, guys. You know, like, and we were all just like, dude, congrats. What the fuck? <laughs> no, the funny thing is, like, me, I, I've been, uh, I've been a, pretty reclusive person my entire life, especially for my, like, my private. I don't think a lot of people know much about me, which I like. Um, yeah. But when we got married, we were just like, 
let's just get married for us and not for the public. And uh, literally four days after we got married, she had a meeting and uh, at WB and like, I think, I think she was on, I don't know why I wasn't there, but I wasn't there. I don't know why that was. Oh wait, I was still, I think Faye was I still in NXT. Okay. So I was still in NXT and she was on the main roster, of course. And um, she's calling me. She's like, I, I can't name this person's name. And he's like, you, you know what just happened? I was like, no, what's going on? It's like, we've been trying so hard to keep this, you know, that we got married to ourselves and all that stuff. And this person in a meeting just brings up, you and I got married and everybody goes, what the fuck? Why'd you tell us? And he puts me on the spot <laughs> and I feel like, fuck all you guys. It's none of your business. <laughs> so, so, yeah. The reason I ask about... Sure. Getting in, I'm obviously your as you said your relationship with the food has changed. So you're mm-hmm. you're eating good. You're yes. being a good boy. What I want to know is when Malachi's b- being a bad boy. Oh, what he likes to eat. Oh my god, that's, that's what we're here for. That's a that's a great question. Um, I got a good piece of lore regarding that. Oh yeah, is oh, after okay <laughs> after one of the takeovers. The first thing you did was send us a picture of you eating Papa John's in your hotel bed. Yep. I think with with the NXT championship possibly. Yep. <laughs> That's very correct. I remember yeah. that picture. <laughs> You're like, I think I'm having pizza tonight, boys. And ten minutes later it was like It's um Papa's here. It's um I'm um I'm a savory guy. Yeah. I think I think I think I think a lot of men are savory guy, if that if that makes sense. I do like I do like my candies, but I love my ice cream, right? If I go for something sweet, it has to be ice cream. Come on. Um so there is a, uh, a place here uh, where I live, and I can't say the name of it because I don't really want people to know exactly uh, where I live. Good point. But there, it's a local uh, – I will text to you guys after this if you're ever in, in, <laughs> okay. these, in, in this, uh, this part of uh, Alaska, you know, where, uh, <laughs> where, where I reside, of course. Um, and they, they, they're a local pizzeria. They're a family-owned pizzeria. And the reason why we always went there is because my wife is vegan. And they do a vegan pizza that is better than certain quote unquote real pizzas. Wow. From the cheese to the 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 tofu products slash you know meats that the, are used yeah, the and the, the sauces. Yes. The pepperoni. Insane. And wow. I like their uh their, their I'm a I'm a regular cheese pizza guy. Uh, I do do I do like sometimes you know my barbecue chicken or my my pineapple. I do put pineapple on my pizza, boys. I'm sorry. I do onions as well. Like I'm a big. You said yourself, I, you're not always. Where right. I'm at, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but, but you're. But you in this case, the, I am right. Anyway, <laughs> you stick to the standard that if 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 your cheese pizza sucks, you suck. Yeah, yeah. that's the benchmark. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, I I'm a big fan. I'm a, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. So uh, a cheese pizza from from this from this local place. Um, and uh, uh, Cold Stone Creamery, and then oh. either like their 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 uh, birthday cake one, uh, or their peanut butter surprise. Because I'm a big peanut butter person. Peanut butter and chocolate uh. is something that like. And then my wife got me on. Uh, oh, she's just, my wife hates. You know what's weird? My wife hates uh, peanut butter and chocolate. Really? Like, I'm not. It. I'm not a huge peanut butter guy either. You are. Or you aren't. You know. Like mm. it's like like. But she she absolutely. Oh wow, she absolutely hates it. Um, however, me, I'm I'm just I'm, I love ice cream, man. 
I'm oh, such man. a massive Mark for ice cream, but also like a, a good, sometimes just classic McDonald's, man. It sounds so. You're it sounds you're, so, for your, you're 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 with you're amongst Ronald's army right here. Okay, <laughs> Ronald's yeah. army. You're preaching Ronald right where you need to be. All right. It's uh, I don't know. Sometimes it doesn't have to always get super complicated. Did mm -mm. Uh, did, did did Brody tell you about the sushi place that we went uh before uh Christmas? No. All right. So me, Brody, and Buddy. Uh, I think it was Texas. Was it Texas? I think it was Texas. Went to um, this sushi place. And I, I took him out because I was like, you know, boys, you know, it's been a crazy year. Let's mm -hmm. wind down, let's sit down. Let's, you know, let's get a meal together, you know? So we went to this one place that we found that was the only place open, but it looked like a really nice, authentic looking uh, Japanese uh, sushi restaurant. Um, I, I just go like, boys, just order whatever you want. It's carte blanche today. Just, just go for it. So, we order for the table and oh i shit you know said it. i think the best sushi and i've been to japan and ate sushi mm -hmm. the best sushi that i've ever had in my life was served and 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 even brody was like you know this is gonna cost you so much this is way too good and we're just and he's like a snob Yes. Yeah, oh, he's, he's a food, he's a massive food snob. But I but, but but like I respect it. I respect it. Um, rightful. He's a rightful snob. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's he, rarely know, he wrong. He knows his food. He's he knows his food. Hundred percent. I I I I I definitely like sometimes when when there's certain things happening, I'll, I'll ask his opinion of what what he thinks of the food before I you know go in because he's a he's a big food guy and I I, I respect it about him. So. Um, we sat down, we had the sushi, which was arguably some of the best sushi I've ever had in my life. It was like all chef sushi. It was nuts. And the bill wasn't even that high. So we were all kind of like shocked when the bill came in. Cause like, like me and Nate, oh, sorry, me and Brody were like, oh, this is a $1,200 bill. This yeah, is a 12, yeah. 12 to 15. Everybody bill. ate good. <laughs> oh, we were stuffed to the brim, but it came out like on nice plates. And there was so much attention to detail. There were like these little, like these little details on and stuff like that. Stuff was like almost practically like it was almost like calligraphy, like written on it and stuff like that. It was so Art. nuts. Um, it wasn't even one third of that bill. And we were just like, that's it for the three of us. What is this place? And it's almost like I feel like we um we stepped into like, uh, you know, you hear those stories about like alternate dimensions where people like <laughs> yeah. talk yeah. about like, Oh, you know, and then it went here and here and here. And they go like, that doesn't exist. What are you talking about? Like, no, you I was just there. At a, at a mandala effect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. A glitch in the matrix. Yeah. It was like, it was, yeah, I ate a glitch in the matrix and it was nice. just, yeah. Unreal. It was, it was really almost like too good to be, um, to be true, but it was, are you going to, are you going to gatekeep the name from your brothers here? Uh, I actually, I actually, I, uh, I, I generally do not remember what it's called. I'll ask, I'll ask Brody. Please, he'll, yeah, he'll, he'll, might, remember. He he'll remember. He'll remember. Yeah. He's going to tell you probably, uh, I, I was okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, at the time, right. at the time, he was nearly crying. So good it was. So okay. don't let him fool you. Don't let that big bastard fool you. All right. Um, My last question was, why is Brody such a bully and a terrible, terrible person? So we covered that. Okay. Yeah. So I, I don't know why. I just I'm think just it's kidding. like, I just think it's printed in him. No. I love you, Brody. <laughs> oh, no of you so much well he's, uh, he's we have a very we have a, a big brother little brother dynamic where sometimes i'm the big brother and sometimes he's the big brother he's had to, <laughs> he's, he's had to pull me off the ledge quite a few times and i've had to pull him off the ledge a few times but it's all love 
and I wouldn't want to trade it for anything because I love that dude. And uh, I'm As ready to we. take the world over with him and with Buddy. Because like, like, you know, we and haven't- Julia, we, dude, Julia. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we haven't, we haven't like, you know, covered um, Buddy, but he deserves a massive shout out because, and even though, even if this is the only thing in regards to that, Mm-hmm. I think Buddy, as a wrestler, the way he moves and sells and does and invents and 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 how he just like is in general and how he looks physically, yeah. um, is one of the chef's kiss. You it's know it's I mean? like crazy he's, that he's still underrated. You know? Yes, yeah. he'll do the like ragdoll sell that I like love. He's and, like I think it looks so good him, every time he does him it. and Wesley Blake mm-hmm. are two of the best sellers that this modern era has. And I, I will put my hand in fire for that. Wow. And he, then, uh, and not, and you see his body, like seeing his body yeah, in right, person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can I tell you something funny? Please. Body dysmorphia. Oh, Come on. well, yes. that's, and, I mean, James and, is that way. Like, and the know, thing yeah. is, like, and I hate that for him because I just really hope that he one day sees how incredibly good he looks. He is a walking work of art. Oh my God. He's, <laughs> it's crazy. He's, he's Gibraltar. Like, we'll, we'll go to the gym. Every once in a while, and I'm, I'm perfectly capable of standing next to him and not feel some type of way because I know that his, that dude is like 17 times more jacked than I'll ever be. But especially <laughs> now with the way my diet's going, how I'm feeling, I feel pretty good standing next to him. Yeah, I'm like, I'm pretty proud of myself. <laughs> but then, like, you know, we'll, we'll go, we'll, you know, we'll go to the locker room and, um, you know, like I'll switch shirts or like, you know, kind of take a breather and stuff like that. And he's standing there, and I'm like, I'm looking at him. I'm like, like, do you realize that you are literally like, you are like the one percent of of the human race that like yes. you know it's like uh i mean i look i guess okay and i'm like god damn it buddy. <laughs> you don't just look okay you look like you're like two two weeks away from this yo he looks like an, an after picture yes yeah. yes <laughs> you can sell any product with his body i'm remember, before remember when you would google you would google like goku super saiyan eight yeah oh yeah and be like, like oh, what would that's, that that's look like looks, oh, yeah shit. he is uh <laughs> You know, from and like also like you know, from a human being point of view, like he's uh, he's an oddball, but he's like I said, he's my he's like he, he's he's my little brother when it comes to that stuff, and I have a lot of love for him. And um, you know, he's he's one of those guys that's been on the road with me for like multiple years now, and he was also one of the guys where I was like, no, he has to come in because he can he I can do something with him, I can create something with mm. him, I can make him an addition to what it is that I'm thinking, and and he is, you know, and. It's um, like I, I, I hope that at some point he, he will get his due in a different way in regards to wrestling where people are going to go, you know what, let's put some steam behind Buddy and uh, mm. let him run rampant. Because if you even go back to his 205 Live stuff with Ali and stuff like crazy, dude, just so innovative. Yeah, that's just, regarded as like the, the best uh, part of that. The, in the history of 205 Live, it was like those two dude, carrying it. nuts nuts just uh, you know like and ali is not a guy like heavily underrated looks um like a million bucks he can talk he can he can wrestle he can he can do anything he's just again another guy that i feel is is walking around in an era where he he should be doing so much more um but it's not. And obviously, you know, that that's just the nature of our business sometimes. You yeah. know, it, it is what it is. Not everybody can always be, you know, that, that that's just what it is, you know? And I think he's accomplished a lot. I just know that, like, I just know that there is so much left in him 
And I just hope that same with Buddy, that there's going to be a few moments in time where they can rekindle what they did on a stage that has a, a different viewership or, uh, or, or, or just in general, something that makes people remind everybody of like who and what they are, you know, that'd be awesome. Wow. Uh, I want to bring something back full circle. Last mm -hmm. question I have about House of Black. Sure. One of the first things you said when at the start of, of our talk was you would consider yourself the keeper. Sure. I'm curious because knowing you and how. Uh, it was a deliberate you know, use of that word. E yeah. Right, right, right. Exactly. So even without explanations, I would just love to know if the other members have roles yeah. within the house. Yes. Have you ever noticed how um, there's there's two things that I'll tell you. Have you noticed how whenever the match is about to start, all three of us stand to the side in the corner? Mm -hmm. Of course. Right. That's all I'm going to say for now. Watch what happens every single time, right? Okay. And then there's another thing. Um, if I sit cross-legged in the corner, there's always uh, someone standing in front of me. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah. I have. All right. If you want to look at roles, just I would say let your imagination go its way. Beautiful. All right. Say no Beautiful. more. Buddy, if you're listening, I swear to God, I'll have that song soon. That's where you go. I got to follow the Julia well, one. We, we, yeah, were, we, were, we were talking about that. I was like, did Colin ever finish his song? And, uh, I'm, and I'm asking Buddy, and the Buddy's like, I don't know. I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's not like you could like, you know, ask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. we we talked about it briefly but the the i feel the the julia one mm -hmm. yeah that was like, a banger in fact i gotta that follow banger, i gotta yeah, make yeah. a better song a <laughs> yeah well, hopefully that one's on tv soon julia you're doing great yep great job absolutely absolutely uh, man this was like what a pleasant chat this was. this is a fun fun little conversation yeah Two thank hours. you so much for so much of your time no worries really no no worries absolutely the trios championships are not safe. The House of Black is coming. And damn right they're coming. And they're going to come hard. Yeah, well, I mean, and, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, amongst, <laughs> you know, I got to take a little walk first before I get that that quick. But, uh, I'm old nowadays. So no, back no, you're, you're in the best shape of your life. That's true. Uh, th this was just magical. We hope that if you are joining us from Wrestling World, you enjoyed this chat. If mm -hmm. you're enjoying us, if you're joining us from Hardcore World, you got a unique perspective. And on, why we like wrestling yes. the way that we do. One of us is, yes. is, is there us, right with us. our boy Brody on TV every week. Uh, stick, watch AEW. Yep. Watch Thea and WWE, mm -hmm. the the whole the extended family. We're all we're all around. <laughs> oh, it's all the same thing. That's right. It's all the same umbrella. It's all the same world, really. Exactly. Mm. Well, literally. Said. Thank you so much. Lovely. Absolutely, voice. All right. Adios. Bye. Bye.